You may be seated. There we go. Sorry, guys. Listen, um, uh, I don't know what's happening to my memory, but uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We had a video that was so cool. Um, I even think we paid money for it, and we didn't show it. So um, instead, what I'm going to do is just say happy Father's Day. I could say something like, it just shows how selfless I am, that it's my day, and I didn't even say anything about it, but that would be a lie. My memory's just bad. And so, um, but we are going to be interviewing a dad today, all right? So that's how we save this whole Father's Day thing. And um, let me give you just kind of a little bit of, um, uh, kind of get you up to speed. Last week, we talked about the vision here at Celebration Baptist Church, and I want to thank you so much for all the positive feedback that we received from you this last week, and it's amazing, you know, um, that when you know where you're going, it sure makes a big difference. And so last week, we talked about our vision statement. I'm going to ask you to say this along with me, if you will. I'm going to ask you to put it to memory. I know for people like me, that might be a very difficult thing to do, so that's why we try to keep it short. But here is why we exist. We exist, say it with me, we exist to glorify God By making disciples of all nations. Let's say that one more time. We exist to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That is what we're all about here at Celebration Baptist Church. Again, if you haven't gotten a chance to be able to to listen to that message last week, we're going to ask you that you would so that you understand what we're about. And whether you're thinking about joining this church or whether you're already a member of this church, uh, here's the key. This is what we're beelining for. And we seek to do that really in three ways. Uh, First of all, in corporate worship. We do it through small group discipleship. And we do it through missions. Those are the key three major ways in which we're seeking to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. And last week, we talked about five essentials to discipleship. And this is where kind of Chris comes in a little bit here. We're going to really be focusing on that second part, that small group discipleship. And we talked about what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that God has set apart elders and pastors here at Celebration to be able to disciple you, to make you disciples of Jesus Christ, to equip you, um, the, the Bible says, to equip you for the work of the ministry. That is, to help you to become disciples of Christ, lead you into discipleship, so that you would then in turn lead others to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And we talked about really five essentials. We said there are five essentials to being a disciple of Christ. There's more of this, of course, but at least five essentials. There's corporate worship, when we come together as the body to worship together, to know that we're a part of something bigger than just ourselves. There's the study of God's word, not only hearing it, it being preached, but you and I being in it in a daily basis, learning how to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, there is koinonia, there's Christian fellowship, and that's just not getting together with a pinata or getting together with a dunking booth and having a good time. That is you and I learning and living together. That's us learning and living out the truth of God's word. It's holding each other accountable. It's messy, it's hard, it's difficult. It's a place where you can't hide. Lots of times we could just come into the church, hey, everyone, how's it going? And we can go on our way. But it's truly for us to be able to get to know each other in such a way that we can't hide. But yet we begin to use our own spiritual gifts to edify and build each other up in the name of God and for the glory of God. And so we talked about that. We also talked about our fourth essential was sharing our faith. Um, 
we have to be about people that only don't just share the gospel on Sunday morning, but as we are going, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20, as you're going, you're telling people about the gospel. So it's our job to be able to train you how to do that. Uh, then finally, missions, that it's not just sharing the gospel in, the, in your oikos, that's in your sphere of influence, the people who are around you every day, but taking the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ to every, every tongue, nation, and people group around the world. And so that's what we're seeking to do. Those are essentials. Those are not for some group of very mature Christians. That's the essentials for every believer in Jesus Christ. It what, it's what we need to be about. Now, uh, you guys remember, again, uh, Jonathan, I, and, and I joke about Jonathan betraying us and kissing me and then betraying me and all those kinds of things. But listen, we love Jonathan. Jonathan is awesome. We text almost every day, and, uh, and, and God just had something different for him for now in his life, and God is uh, steering us in a different direction as well. One of the difficulties at Celebration for me uh, has been that I don't feel like we've been able to clearly be able to give a, and provide a process of discipleship here at Celebration. We've got bits and we've got pieces, but what keeps me awake at night is not money and is not attendance and not those sorts of things, but is it clear? Is there a clear path for discipleship here? When people come to faith in Jesus Christ, can we plug them in and help them to become the disciples that God has called them to be? And so what we found is there has been some success in that, some great success in that, but still we've been faltering. And I think one of the reasons is, and I just want to share this before we begin to ask Chris some questions to catch you up, is there's every, each and every one of us has been giving gifts by God. Would you, would you agree with that? And not any of us except for the, our Lord and Jesus Christ has all of those gifts. So we have some. My gifts are in the area of preaching and teaching God's word and in the area of prophecy, and that's not telling the future, but just telling truth and discernment. Those are the areas that I I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I'm good at. I don't have the gift of administration. Um, I, I love things that are administrated well. I love things that are well-organized. I love things that are well-processed. I'm just not that guy that does that. I'm kind of like, hey, we want great organization. Now I need somebody to organize it for us. And so I do the best I can just to organize my thoughts on Sunday morning, never mind a whole church. And so I think a mistake maybe that I've made, and I say mistake, everything is underneath the sovereign uh, grace and mercy of God, um, is that I have always tended to think that the best staff is a staff that looks just like me. That, that, that what this church needs is just more of me. And so whenever I would interview people for a position, when they sounded like me and liked everything that I liked, then I'm like, wow, this person is awesome. Um, this is what we need here at Celebration. Just, yes, that's, that's it. And uh, so I'm, I'm a high theological, high biblical kind of love teaching, love the words, could sit down and read systematic theology for fun and all that kind of stuff. And, and what I need to realize is those types of people oftentimes aren't good in some of the other areas. And so what we've done is, in God being able to lay on our heart as we begin to look through this process, begin to lay on my heart going, man, you don't need more of you. Dear Lord, Mike, church doesn't need any more of you. Um, we need to go in a different direction. And so I said, okay, what is that? And Clearly, our elders came to the conclusion, and by elders, I mean Ronnie and Gary and myself and Jimmy and Dan. Uh, I want to keep repeating that. 
And uh, what we've come to the clear, clear conclusion is, is we need some more structure. Let me just say this just very quickly, because um, we do have the Lord's Supper today. Um, Nassau County uh, is projected to be the second fastest growing county uh, in Florida over the next 10 years. Uh, they're believing right now that there's some developments that are supposed to be north of us right now that as many as 28,000 homes are supposed to be coming in this direction. Hey, we're getting a movie theater. All right? I mean, what can hold us? Nothing can hold us back now. Uh, we've, got, we've got a movie theater that is coming. Uh, we're good to go. And so uh, five guys, we'll, be, we'll have everything. We'll never have to leave uh, here ever again. And so what we understand, though, is we have really kind of hit kind of a place where we keep averaging about 500, 530. And when you do that for a period of two years, what you realize is that you've, out, you've outgrown your infrastructure, is that you can't support any more people. You can't process any more people. You can't get them. So you've got to work on your infrastructure. And that's what God, is, we believe, has been leading us uh, to Chris. And so I'm going to begin uh, asking Chris, and, and here's what's different. We both love Jesus, Right, amen, all right, so we both love Jesus, both born-again believers, all right, that kind of thing, saved by grace. Um, he loves all the theology, and we, we agree theologically and biblically as well, probably not on every single thing, but almost, uh, almost lots of stuff, let's just say that. Um, but what's great about uh, Chris is Chris is a high-process guy, high-organizational, high-structure. Uh, and so what I want to do is uh, we need him here so that when you come and you're sitting there going, man, we like this worship service, but... How in the world does anyone get plugged in here? How in the world do you do that? Okay, all that is on Chris. All right, so that's what we're looking for. If it doesn't go well, it's, 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 it would be Chris's fault. And if you don't hire him, then you just need to be sad for the rest of your life. All right? So number one, let me just ask you a couple questions this morning, Chris. Is, you know, you sat down and, and when we met with the elders. You kind of just shared a little bit of your testimony with us. Do you mind just kind of leading, just kind of briefly through that for us? Okay. I think the only point of contention here might have Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's right. I've been here um, indianly for a little over two years now, and, but I grew up in, um, in central Georgia, kind of um, home for me, and um, then moved to um, Brunswick whenever I was in high school. But whenever I was about six years old, um, really in a childlike understanding, you know, not this whole um, big theological understanding nowadays that but um, really just start feeling this conviction of just, um, you know, I'm a sinner. Um, I've been watching, I was watching a Billy Graham crusade one night on TV with my mom and dad. And, um, and I was just like, you know, I'm a sinner and I don't want to go to hell whenever I, um, whenever I die. And so through kind of the, several weeks kind of leading and kind of my mom talking to me and everything, I came to understand that I needed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so at the age of six is whenever I look back, whenever, um, whenever God called me and I became, whenever I became a believer. But, you know, my, I wasn't the perfect kind of growing up, but it was just really just <coughs> of like being a part of some great churches growing up and also um, just being discipled by other people that really, that God kind of developed me. And, um, and whenever I was around 16 years old, I started sensing that God was calling me into the ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like. I was like, I didn't know what that was going to do or, or anything. But then it was just kind of um, through my pastor up in Brunswick and, and my youth pastor and everything that they could really just kind of disciple me through that process that, that I really, that I knew that God had called me to the ministry. Well, tell us a little bit about some of that ministry and some of the things that you've been a part of and from schooling and 
all that sort of thing? Well, um, whenever I graduated from high school and um, didn't really know what to do, I knew I was called to the ministry, didn't know really what was going to happen um, or how to go to school. I knew I wanted to go to college. And there was, um, there was one school that I always wanted to go to, and, um, and God bless Mike, but it's um, Liberty University. And, uh, and, so, um, and so I am, and I, but I didn't really know how um, that was going to work out. I knew the finances and everything. And so there was a, um, it was kind of a weird thing that my parents found out about an under-the-table scholarship that for guys who really just had financial needs, really just knew that God had called them to the ministry. And so I wrote a letter to this gentleman um, up in Pennsylvania, and he called me one night and just kind of talked to me a few minutes on the phone, and he was like, Chris, I kind of, I really sense that you really need this. And and so he gave me a full scholarship to Liberty, and, um, and then it was just kind of went four years at Liberty, didn't quite finish up. Um, and I think it took my wife for me to grow up and kind of mature some. And, and but then I ended up transferring my last year to um, Southeastern Seminary, finished up my uh, undergrad there. Amen. Amen, and brother. Amen. That's right. That's right. It's a redeeming co- quality of all that yes. liberty education. Yes, yeah, right. That's right. There was some grace there, so yeah, that's right. We have some southeastern people here, is that right? We have some southeastern people in the house. Amen. All right, sisters. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I never asked that question, but uh, but they. Okay, we got some liberty people. All right, very good. All right, brother. Well, listen. Uh, let me ask you this. Share share uh, your initial. Well, tell us a little bit about how you came to Yuli a little bit, and what I really want to hear about because I think this is kind of neat. I always believe that if a church is healthy, they can raise people up within their church and see people um, take in because they already know the vision. They already know the direction of the church. And it's much, if you can bring some folks up from your own church rather than taking some folks from outside, that's a great thing, every opportunity. But could you share with us just a little bit about how you got here, kind of what's happened, um, a little bit about your ministry experience. I think you need to tell about that in just a minute. And then how God's used celebration, okay? Um, while I was at um, Southeastern, I was called to a um, church in Sanford, North Carolina, as the um, as a youth improvement pastor, and, and I've, I've served on two churches prior to this as staff, and and both times I was kind of really the first one, kind of on the scene. I was the first um, first youth improvement pastor that they ever had, and and God really just used that ministry. It was an awesome time. After only kind of three years, I kind of started sensing really. Um, it was really kind of at a, at a place that someone else really needed to take it to the next level, and um, and got a phone call from a church in um, South Georgia, and um, and they ended up calling me as youth and education pastor um, to there, and we were there for about two years that um, that really God started like moving in our heart and kind of working in our in our life, me and um, my wife Laura, about church planning, and um, church planning is is something that you know I still have a passion for, and so we ended up.
my first, what got me through school and kind of work was Hershey's stories. That was just kind of like my background, my side thing. And um, and so I was walking through Harris Teeter on St. Thomas one day, and I ran into some guys that I'd worked with years before, and they were like, Chris, I haven't seen you in years. I said, I know, I haven't been here. You know, I've been not here. And so they said, well, you want to come work with us? I said, yes, I need a job. And so um, ended up going to work for Harris Teeter, and um, and it was really an act of God. God really kind of raised me up through the ranks at um, Harris Teeter, and then um, found myself, because ministry that for us at that time, ministry, okay, right now it is just, we're just going to follow to see where this ride goes and where God wants us to go and, and to kind of just enjoy that ride. And so found myself being transferred down here to this to the Harris Theater on the island as um, customer service manager. And they're, they're, they told me that I was going to only be here a year and then I was going to be promoted. And so kind of a side thing, I think my small group, they're really tired of hearing me and my family talk about that we're moving. And so... Mm. Um, and so we, um, they said we were only going to be here a year. I was going to be promoted and um, ended up, I got the promotion and I went into training. Um, and um, the week before I was going to be placed in my new store, the co-manager, they came to me and said, oh, by the way, you're staying in Fernandina. I was just like, okay, it's kind of awkward. Now I have to go back and tell everyone I'm not moving. And, um, and so um, we ended up staying and I, I was a co-manager here um, at the store on the island. And at the end of last year, God kind of really just started um, moving in my heart and really just pointing just a desire kind of to look back towards ministry. I was like, well, I don't, I do not sense a call to go back in the local church. I said, but how can I serve, serve God through ministry, but at the same time, I love retail because it was just, I just love the whole management part and, and doing that kind of thing. And so, um, and so. I read a book, it was called 48 Days to the Work You Love, and God really used that book, I was like, to really just kind of get me thinking on some things, so I made a list, I was like, who can I go to work for, use my skills, my talents, and everything, and I was like, I want to go to work for Lifeway Christian Stores, and so I sent them my resume, and um, they called me, it was two days later, and they called, and they said, well, we want you to come on board, and so that was at the, back a few months ago, that I went on board with Lifeway, and so then went through their management training. Actually, I've been running a couple stores for them now. But Lifeway just kind of kept me in a holding pattern of really couldn't make up their mind. They they were not sure if they wanted to send me to Southern Seminary to the campus store there or to Orlando to the store down there. They just could not make up their mind. They just kept kind of going back and forth. And I was at a conference with them and in Orlando back in March. And I was sitting there a Sunday morning, and I was listening to John Piper preach. And he was preaching on suffering. And it just really just, the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me that morning. And basically, my prayer was, I was like, Lord, okay, dealing with suffering, if this is your desire for me to go back on church staff somewhere, you're going to have to have them approach me, and I've got to know that it's of you. And so, and I was just like, okay, that was the prayer. And I was like, God, I'll just see how you work with this. And so kind of during this process, Jonathan resigns, and here comes Mike. Okay, and so Mike, whenever he was just, the big thing was whenever first kind of approached and kind of seeing what was going on here at Celebration, because here's the thing right here, we love Celebration deeply, we love the people here deeply, this is by far the best church that, that me and my family have ever been a part of, and, um, and so, but during this time, and I was approached and just kind of looking, at it, but yet I was kind of backing away from going going back 
and to the church staff until Mike decides to preach a sermon on suffering a few weeks ago. The same, it's the same theme as what John Piper, what he was preaching that morning. And it was that morning that, that, that really the Holy Spirit kind of broke me through that as well. And Mike's question that he posed that morning was, some of you are sitting here going to make a decision. You're going to either make a decision for the easy life, or you're going to make a decision as far as it's going to cause you suffering. And when we get a small group that next Tuesday night, with some people in a small group, they said, Chris, I think Mike is preaching to you. And I was like, brother, you don't know. <laughs> so, um, and so that's how we got here. That's where we are here. That's right. The, um, the, um, I was going to make a smart out comment, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm going to move on. Let me, let me, yeah, let me say this. We, um, when, when we went, and we're, we're going to wrap this up in just a couple minutes, but the, um, when we had, I, I went and met with Chris and uh, asked him to lunch after church. And I said, Chris, I just want to talk with you just a little bit. I know that you're leaving. I love to have kind of an exit interview with you uh, just to talk about the church. And I like for you to be able to share with us some of the strengths of our church and some of the weaknesses of our church. Now, I'm probably far more familiar with the weaknesses of our church than I am the strengths of our church. That's just kind of sometimes how I'm bent. I kind of see what we need to do uh, better. And uh, so what, can you share with that a little bit, maybe even the, the positive and the negative, if you will, but the size, and basically I was just saying, Chris, what do you see before you leave? What are the things that we need to strengthen up and firm up? What are the things that has been a blessing to you, but what are the things that we could do better at? So. I think our strengths definitely is that as a, as a body, and especially through Mike's leadership and the elders' leadership, is that our our goal here at Celebration is to see Christ exalted and CrossFit is the same for the nation. That's um, from the time from, a, from the worship um, and then also at the time of the preaching of the word, you know, it is all about Christ and God glorified through this. And then our heart for missions to, to see how we support missionaries and see how how we are active and joining in missions as missionaries ourselves, you know, the team getting ready to go to New York. And but then also I think the strength is through the relationships that you build with people because I know for my family, you know, some of the key things that, that's really seen us develop over the past couple of years here is through our relationships, especially with the people in our small group. Um, and and I think a couple one couple that as they, they're getting ready to leave now, but the Zachary, you know, just had such a huge impact in our lives in the past couple of years. And but those are some of our strengths. And celebration is such a wonderful church. And and, and we are I believe that we really are a light on a hill to a lost and dying world. That whenever people if you hear the testimony <coughs> of our church in the community, it's such an incredible thing and how God is using us. But there's also a couple things that really that really kind of hit me as we were coming here. There just seemed to be a barrier for people to get plugged into small groups and to find out how do you get connected at Celebration. It's almost like that you have to you have to force yourself, force down walls in order to find out what well, who are the small groups and where they meet at, who who are the people involved in this stuff here, and just kind of making it making it easier for people to discover those things and, and making it easier for people to discover okay. How do we move now from a visitor to get connected to become part of celebration? And how would you, let, let me just ask you this, if, if this church feels as though God is leading you here and, and uh, as an elder here at Celebration, tell me just kind of some of your primary goals, I think, and objectives that, that you would seek to accomplish um, as, you, as you were coming, as far as discipleship and assimilation. I think the whole process, you know, as, 
discipleship. But you know, whenever you look at the disciples, you have to look at the disciples themselves and, and what how they were really willing to surrender all for Jesus Christ, even if it cost them their lives. But how do Christians and how do we get to that point? And whenever it starts as through us walking through life together, whenever we actually have stronger, more mature brothers and sisters in Christ, kind of in small group together with younger believers, and then you start to, to really just walk through life and and you discover more and more about who Jesus Christ is calling us to be, who the Word of God calls us to be, practicing those five essentials. But one of the things that I'm really convicted about is how many people here at Celebration are actually plugged into small groups, walking through life with other people. We have a huge need where people come in, they come and they sit down at church, but then they leave and they're not connected with other people the rest of the week. Um, and so in order to get to that place, you've got to make it easier for the people to see. One of the goals I'd love to see is more the majority of the people plug into small groups. But we've got to have the people stepping up to the plate leading those small groups as well. You can push small groups all that you want to, but you've got to have kind of an infrastructure of people who are coming up as teachers and that are getting them ready to, to really take those small groups to, to lead people. But the thing with small groups is that our and the whole discipleship process, small groups is not just about Bible studies and sitting around studying the Bible. While that is key, that is one of the, the things that has got to be centered on. Um, I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer summed it up in Life Together is that outside of Jesus Christ, groups are nothing. As believers, our groups are nothing apart from Jesus Christ. The whole central reason why we gather together is because of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our life. But how do we get to the point of spending time together, studying the word, and just walking through life together and, and gaining each other? Whenever you're dealing with issues, who do you have to go to? You need to be able to go to the people in your small group and kind of address it and let them help walk through that. Well, we appreciate it, man. We, um, yeah, what I want you to be able to do is just this week, I know this isn't a whole lot of time to be able to get to know Chris. Some of you do know him and know him well. Um, he's going to be sticking around after the service just to be able to talk a little bit if you'd like to come and talk with him a little bit. If you've got any question, here's, here's the big thing. Let me just say that we in the elders believe that he does meet the qualifications there found in not only First Timothy chapter 3, but also Titus 1. And uh, that he's not only a man of integrity, but he's also able to defend the faith, and he's apt to teach. And so those things are clear for us. We believe that he's a leader of his home. He's leading his family spiritually, biblically, his wife. He's doing all of those things. And so um, we appreciate that because we've been able to see those things in Chris's life, and therefore it makes it a lot easier to be able to bring him before uh, you today and for next week uh, for that vote. You know, let me just say this before we come to the Lord's Supper this morning. Um, you know, all of this is about Christ. He just kind of mentioned it. It's all about the fact that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. And so what we're trying to do once again at Celebration is we are trying to get the message that saves. God saves through a message, a story of a crucified Savior who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, who, could, who obeyed the law in every aspect. And then... His life was taken, let me, let me say better, better than being taken, his life was given. He gave his life, nobody took it, he laid it down freely. This was God's plan altogether. This was not a plan that went awry. He would die and he would become the lamb 
his blood would be shed. He would become a sacrifice. The wrath of God that was meant towards us would no longer be towards us, but would be placed on his son on the cross. And through then, the completed work of Jesus Christ, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ tells us very clearly that God accepted that sacrifice on our behalf. So anybody who would repent of their sin, that is if you would turn. It's not just, hey, yeah, I believe Jesus is Savior. I believe Jesus died. I believe all these things. It's not easy believism. But if they would truly repent, that is, they look at their own life and they know that they live for themselves. They know that they live for their own glory and not for the glory of God. But turn from that sin and place their faith and say, my whole life now is Christ. My whole life now is placed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God will save them. God will save them. In fact, I would argue that they, will, they are saved in order to be able to even say that God saved them. So um, that's what we're doing. And so what we're doing is once God saves us, we are then being constantly and consistently transformed in the image and likeness of Christ. And that's what discipleship is all about. It's becoming more like him. And so we want to be about that. So that's why we feel that God is calling us to be able to bring Chris on, to be able to help us continue on that path, to make it a clear path for everybody who wants to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Is that, is that understood? All right. We're going to go now. Thank you so much, Brother Chris. We're going to go ahead and enter in. I'm just going to ask Ashley to come at this time. I'm going to ask her ushers to come forward. Um, he let his mind just moving over just a little bit. We're going to have our ushers uh, come forward at this time uh, for the taking of the Lord's Supper.